0: Episode 24 of the Stolen Signs Podcast. I am Kendall Gilmett and here with Harry Pavlidis from Baseball Prospectus. Hello, Harry.
1: Good afternoon. Hello. It's not afternoon.
0: No, not currently, but at some point it will be. It will be. be when
1: this is released, yes.
0: So we've got quite a show, quite
1: a show today. Like a double show. It's a very long show.
0: That's right. It's so. like a, a double album.
1: It's like it is like it's it is a double album.
0: What's your favorite the double album? album?
1: Insert? Um
0: Frantic <sighs> Comes Alive. I'm just kidding. I think no, that's a double album. I I, I
1: probably oh, oh wow. That's like I'm trying to like picture like what was something that I remember pulling out. You know, you ca I don't know, I don't I can't come up with one. That's like you're asking me to go back thirty five years. Yeah. Sorry. That's too far. Sorry, that's too far.
0: Um all right. Well, yes. Yeah, I'll so, work on that for a future okay. episodes. So today we have uh, Dr. Alan Nathan, Dan Brooks, both of whom are co contributors or committee members. Analysts.
1: Um, this is the home run study. We've been talking is, about yes. baseballs and how they've been flying.
0: So technically, it's the report of the committee studying home run rates in Major League Baseball. And uh, we have Dan and Alan, who are both members of that committee, on. And we also have Sean O'Rourke, friend of the show. And um, we have a nice, good, long conversation with Alan. And then we follow that up, talking with Dan and um, Sean.
1: So just to... Give us a little...
0: Give us a a high-level summary of of what this report is. and
1: uh, Well, a few years ago, people started seeing more home runs. And there seemed to be a particular change... Uh, that seemed to come along with some what has turned out to be confusing, if not misleading, ball tracking data that indicated the ball may be jumping more. And this was... Um, 2015 would it be when it break, occurred, and people noticed, that, yeah, also after the All-Star break in 2015. So in 2016, it was quite a topic of conversation. A lot of people have written about this to the point of it becoming a people doing experimental work, like actually going out like um, uh, Mitchell Lickman and Ben Lindbergh did a thing where they actually got baseballs and, and did a study on them. And, uh, Meredith Wills, who's, who's a yarn expert has been looking at what, what what's in the yarn. And, uh, Rob Arthur, whose article on this is published today at baseball prospectus that, you know, he's been writing in various outlets about this as well. Um, Five thirty-eight, I think, was the main yep. or only. For this. Yep. And this has been a lot of questions about what's going on with the baseball, and if and what does the league know? And they just answered it. They just released a report that's been quite a long time in the making. That was made up of a group of very well-respected academics, including as a couple people you know that that uh, Kendall has mentioned that are are, are friends and are going to talk to us about it. Uh, first, Alan, who was the chairman of the committee, he, he gave us a, a full rundown of everything. So we're going to go right through the whole report, and you can read the report. We'll post it on the show. It's available online, PDF. The executive summary is probably all you need, but if you want to go through more details, you should at least look at the pictures. There's some cool stuff. Um, they actually got access to the plant in Costa Rica where the ball is made and got to learn about the manufacturing process. And MLB did not uh, you know hold a finger on this they didn't have you know they didn't have a finger on the, on the scale that, that this is what these academic researchers yeah. and statisticians wanted to study and they studied it and they got access from wrongs and uh, basically what we have found out is that yeah the ball has been flying a bit further it does not appear to be uh, due to an identifiable cause at this time the component that seems to be most uh, attributable to the problem or change is something about the aerodynamics in terms of how the ball uh, will say, we'll, we'll say punches a hole through the wind how much drag it's experiencing during its flight it is not clear if it's the exterior of the ball or some change in the flight characteristics driven by changes in the interior of the ball that are causing that and I'll explain a bit why that is possible and It's not really about the launch angle revolution. It's not about the ball being juiced. This isn't what's going on in Japan. The league has opened up and let these people have data back to 2010 and testing and access to pretty much anything they wanted and needed. That's great news all around. The bad news is we don't really know what the final answer is, and there's a lot more work to be done. So let's go to Alan and learn all about this fascinating yeah. fascinating multifaceted study and conducted by a large group of people um i think it was jim albert also the people jim albert. yeah yeah so we've got one of our first guests so yeah. this is some names you'll know right and respect baseball worked on this and uh i think you'll be pretty happy to see what we've learned and uh
0: yeah, before we jump in with um, Alan, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at stolen underscore signs. You can email us if you have any questions or feedback: stolen underscore signs at baseballperspectives And rate and review us on iTunes. I also want to uh, give a little plug out to Baseball Perspectives Ballpark Events. This is actually um, going back. The first time I ever met Harry was at a BP ballpark event in Seattle, and I will be at the ballpark event in Seattle again on July 21st, and there are a whole bunch this summer. I think the first one is coming up in Arizona.
1: There's Uh, a bunch. We're all all over the place. There's one in Chicago. I'll be there. I don't have the date in front of me. I'm pulling
0: it up right here. Yeah, so we've got one in Arizona on June 30th, Uh, Seattle. Jason
1: Parks will be at
0: that? Jason Parks will be at the Arizona. Scheduled to appear. Yep. Seattle, um, I think Jerry Depoto is scheduled to be there, along with uh, a friend of the show, John Chenier. That's July 21st. Uh, There's going to be one in New York in August on the 4th. August 11th in Chicago.
1: I think Sandy Alderson is in for the New York one. Yeah, cool. And I, cool. and Rick Hahn is also expected at the, the White Sox. Excellent. That's and then, also, that one.
0: yeah, that'll be fun. Good and good then good also good. on, in August, there's one in Philadelphia on the 18th and then in Minnesota on the 25th. So you can head to baseball prospectus, look for ballpark events and get info and tickets there. Um, and I look forward to hopefully meeting some listeners
1: at the Seattle event. Uh, yeah, I, I like these, going to these events. because The panel the discussions are fun. We have the team. Like, we'll get like usually a writer's panel, like local beat writers. Then we'll also have a team, like front office panel. And then some of us, like, you know, schmoes like me, will also just do uh, nonsense from the microphone. Uh, but then we all get to just go watch a game and eat encased meat products and consume beverages of Sometimes fermented variety uh, together and that's a lot of fun that's like to actually go hang out and talk baseball to, with people who read our work or listen to our, our stuff is yeah quite a, quite a fun thing so it's fun please join us yeah
0: so check that out um, but we will be back after this break with Dr. Alan Nathan stick around hey, All right, we're here with uh, Dr. Alan Nathan, who was the chairman of the report of the Committee Studying Home Run Rates in Major League Baseball that was just released. Thanks for coming on, Dr. Nathan. Yeah, good
2: to, good to talk with you.
1: So, Alan, this report is something um, that I, I'm sure we've probably been talking about some of the under underpinnings to this for a very long time. And uh, one of my most memorable moments in the whole saga of this is the ball juice thing. And it's touched on in the report, which you can kind of go over the whole thing in a second. But what I remember was a finding, uh, which I think you've now explained, that if the ball is hotter, what we were thinking was the juice ball at the time. what it wasn't consistent with all the, tra- you know, with the trajectory data, with the, it wasn't seeming to happen at all launch angles. Something seemed strange. Right. And at that point, it was like, "Wow, maybe maybe the ball isn't juiced, maybe the ball hasn't changed." So that was what twenty summer twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen? I don't remember.
2: Twenty sixteen, yeah, about just yeah. about years ago, yeah.
1: Yeah. So so that you know, at that time, there was a lot of study going on. A lot of people had written papers about the home run surge, and uh, so fast forward to today, and you know, we have this new report that uh you co-authored so why don't you tell us kind of what's happened in these two years uh since that Okay. so yeah
2: uh, let me me just give you some background uh so uh as you know (laughs) there has been a big increase in home runs uh starting basically starting with the post all-star game in 2015 and then steadily increasing more in 2016 and yet more in 2017 and um there's been lots of uh, what I'd like to call freelance analysis. Uh, you've re- referred to some of the articles, uh, some some by me even, uh, but others, and uh, speculating as to why it might be the case. Uh, juice ball theories, conspiracy theories of various types and whatever. Um, the current study was really, the goal was to take a really comprehensive approach to the issue using the best available data um, uh, including a considerable amount of data that are not public, StatCast data, uh, our own laboratory data, uh, as well as some pretty good scientific and statistical expertise of the committee in order to interpret the data. So, I got a call sometime in late July last year from Morgan Sword from MLB Uh, telling me that the commissioner uh, has decided he would like to study this more thoroughly and wanted to form a committee to do it, Uh, asked me to chair the committee, asked me for some suggestions of people to be on the committee. Um, You know some of the people, I'm sure Dan Brooks was the first name that came to mind when they asked me for some suggestions. But there are other people that you may know and probably people that you don't know. Uh, It's very heavily academically oriented. Uh, in fact, I think Dan is maybe the only non-academic. Yeah, it's a bunch of universities and a website. <laughs> uh, right, a website. So, it's it's a, it's so we had physics people, mechanical engineering people, aerodin- aer- aeronautical engineering people, and a, and a bunch of statistical people, all of whom had some uh, a big interest in baseball. They know baseball, so they weren't just uh, ivory tower academics. Uh, we sort of grouped in the subcommittees and... The initial goal was to try to complete our work and write at least a preliminary preliminary report by the end of December, which we did. But there was some uh, follow-up work that we identified that was begun n- not long after that. And uh, to a, a lot of the follow-up work is completed, but it's still an ongo- there's still ongoing studies, which, I, which I'll get into as we, as we talk. But uh, I want to point out that MLB gave us a completely free hand to set our own agenda, explore whatever topics we thought were useful. Uh, They gave us the resources we needed, whatever we requested, including complete access to not only StatCast data, but HitFX data, which turned out to be useful in a a narrow context. Um, Access to all the testing that has been done both by Rawlings and the UMass Lowell Group, that uh, is the official uh, testing facility for MLB, uh, we, uh, we obtained from MLB uh, both new and used baseballs for testing. The used baseballs are these so-called authentication balls that are uh, gathered up by MLB and, uh, with a, uh, and sold as souvenirs. You know, they're, they, they're game-used balls. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, quite importantly, we uh, a, su- a subset of the committee visited the Costa Rica manufacturing facility in Torrealba, Costa Rica. For yeah, this, was,
1: that was the whole point, I'm sure, for someone on this was that you know I don't want to really be involved in this extra work, this study take a long time, but there's a trip to Costa Rica. Just
2: take me to Costa Rica, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> trust me, it was uh, it was a grueling trip because. Oh. You land in San Jose, the capital, and then Torre Alba, where the plant is, is a three-hour drive, and it's not fun. <laughs> okay, this was not a boondoggle. This was all right. <laughs> this was actual work. Although we did have a couple of good days, I must say. All right, uh, I was, I want to also point out that Rawlings was equally cooperative with us in terms of uh, answering all of our questions. Uh, responding to requests and things like that. We were, all went into this with open minds, no preconceived notions as to what the outcome would be. And everything you see in that report, all of those findings, recommendations, and all the guts of the report, they're they're all our own. No no input really from MLB at all. I just, I want to point that out. Just there, there is no collusion, okay? <laughs> this was not subject to the approval approval of MLB. And, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely not. They gave, us, they gave us suggestions, of course, and we listened to them and some of them we accepted and some of them we didn't. I mean, they actually had some good suggestions uh about how to word things and, you know, the, in the findings, how to order them in, in, in a way that made sense. But no, they they, they they didn't drive us in any particular direction whatsoever. These We all agreed on the, on the findings. We all agreed on the recommendations. We meaning the committee. I can see that because some of them
1: are, you know, slightly uncomfortable for them perhaps. So, and also, you know, so there's, there's that, that not all these are perfectly aligned with things they may have said in either in the context of this or in their marketing. Um, But also the thoroughness. And I mean, you you mentioned, you know, UMass Lowell having access to the Rawlings, UMass Lowell studies and data for going back to, I think, 2010, I think
2: you, uh, I, think I think the the, the Rawlings, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: 2010 for the Rawlings, and then you also got to do your own studies at Washington State. So that there's there's a, a convergence of methodologies thing going on here where there's multiple labs involved, multiple disciplines looking at it also from the committee point of view. So the, the thoroughness and the kind of the openness shows because – I, I, tell me if this is an appropriate summary, because I look at this and I go, okay – Something about the ball changed seems to be one aspect, not perhaps the one that people initially expected. And I'll let you kind of detail that, but we don't know why. And that we need to do something about it. And the first hint we saw of that was actually to that December report that you, you did allude to earlier, it turns out, I think, and that's the uh, standardization of storage.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, so, uh, the, um, uh, Yeah, I think you've you've pretty well nailed it. Uh, But, you know, just to back up uh, a couple of steps, we early on identify three possible areas to look into. Uh, for why the home run surge. And and these, we didn't invent these. I mean, these are people things that people have been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was the COR, the bounciness of the ball. And normally when one talks about a juice ball, that's usually what one means. And, and, what,
1: and what does COR stand for?
2: for oh, her? so yeah, coefficient of restitution. So it measures... The bounciness of the ball is what so I like. If I if I,
1: bow, if I drop a super ball, one of those great bouncy super balls we all had, you know, when playing as children, and uh, a baseball from the same height, one's going to bounce differently than the other, right? Absolutely. So, uh, so- especially the super ball because that's kind of has some weird characteristics, apparently. But that's that that level of how much it bounces. It's more complicated than that. You might be shooting it out of a cannon at a metal plate or something. Well, like. it's
2: more complicated how you yeah. measure it, but,
1: right? Uh, but the, the basic the, notion the is yes. you can look it at it yourself on the sidewalk, with you know, get, to get an idea. Like that's a bouncier ball than the other. So the exactly. idea here is that Absolutely. the juice ball was the,
2: the yeah. CO. So one hypothesis was that the ball was juiced in the sense that this bounciness factor, this coefficient of restitution, was higher. And of course, uh, the higher it is. Uh, all other things being equal, the higher the exit velocities will be, which means, you know, again, all other things being equal, the ball is going to travel farther, you're going to have more, more home runs. So that was one of the things we looked into. And we, after a lot of study, both looking at the StatCast data as supplemented a bit by uh, for 2015 and 2016 by FX data, uh, and after looking at Many dozens of baseballs, uh, some of them brand new baseballs, some of them these authentic authentication balls. We find no evidence whatsoever that you could explain the home run surge by a change in the coefficient of restitution. I mean, there might be small little changes that, you know, just because you've got a finite sample size and you're trying to measure a mean value. But that small any small change could, in no way, account for what we actually see. So we really ruled that out.
1: Um, and, that, and, that, and that kind of helped the hit effects, and that, that 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 helped explain what was so confusing to me in 2016. Exact
2: 2015, actually, or, yeah. Well, when, well the when, results when, that you presented during that fifteen to yeah. sixteen. Yeah, exactly.
1: And yeah. well, I was sitting uh, in a conference room, and, and, and that uh, that uh, at Sabre Seminar in Boston going, oh, wow, uh, that was not what I was expecting, <laughs> yeah, but now no, I understand no, oh,
2: what I was expecting. And yeah. and, uh, and uh, it was important for us, it was certainly important for me, since I wrote an article about this, okay, uh, to try to resolve that problem. And, you know, we have two different sets of data that, in a sense, don't agree. We have the StatCast data and the FX data. And so the way we're talking ourselves through this is that, all right, we'll give Statcast cast a break here because, uh, the first half of 2015, the system was on for the first time, uh, throughout all of major league baseball. And it went underwent growing pains and it wouldn't be surprising if they had to do some recalibrations and things. And that's our way of talking around it. Uh, and in any case, uh, I am now comfortable with the notion that there really was no big increase in exit velocity uh, uh, using using 2000 the early 2015 as the baseline.
1: Right, and and that's because the FX data, which was from it, the previous the legacy camera system that was in, you know, there was only overlap through 2016. That was okay. know, We no longer had that. That was pitch FX. People still are sometimes calling Statcast pitch FX, but for the technology, the literally the pieces of machinery changed. The old ones did capture batted ball data, and that now, one was probably more useful in the in that case because Statcast was still kind of a was
2: still green. That's a we're that's sort of what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> we're telling ourselves. Okay. Well, I mean, look. Uh, you know, we, you, you don't know for sure. You've got two sets of data that don't agree. Yeah, there's no ground truth. Right. Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, look, I don't, I, I don't want to pretend I know more than I know here. Uh, uh, we're, we, we, we sort of agreed among ourselves, all right, given that this is not confirmed uh, by HitFX data, we'll just assume that there was something probably wrong. And it's not, un, it's not unreasonable, Ah, uh, that some you know that there was recalibrations and things like that with the uh, Statcast data in the initial uh, couple of months. Okay, so the second thing that we that that people have talked about that we looked into that also did not appear to be uh, the the smoking gun for us is that batters are altering their approach by some combination of swinging harder. Uh, elevating the ball more. That's the one that people are mostly talking about. The launch angle revolution. The launch angle revolution or pulling the ball more, all of which would lead to more home runs. And looking at it globally, that is not looking at a particular player. You could find examples of particular players that, that increase their launch angle, their average launch angle. And as a result, got more home runs. But if you look more globally at things, look at the full range of batters, we we could not find any convincing evidence that, globally speaking, uh, that could account for the increase in home runs. So, in particular, if you look, so the, the, the basic idea is something like this. If you look, if you just consider two variables, the exit velocity and launch angle, and you look globally at, uh, throughout the league, comparing 2000 look at the 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 two-dimensional distribution um, of how those events are distributed we have contour plots and things like that yeah there's really good so we're trying to
1: describe these charts okay so if you look over on the left there would be this squiggly line but yeah there's
2: yeah, you can it, see that. If
1: people look at the report, they'll be able to see the difference.
2: Yeah. So if you if you look at that, you you really discover there's really not a great deal of difference from one year to the X to the next. In uh, well, quantitatively, if you specifically look at the the rate at which balls are hit in the region that we call the red zone. So. Mm-hmm. the the region that's most conducive to home runs, greater than what uh, well,
1: Bam calls b- uh, barrel. I think it's right. so very yeah, close to that. It's similar, like, but there's but that I, kind of region of the distribution, be, you know, yeah, yeah, zone,
2: conceptually, yeah. but, but yeah. specifically aimed at home rides, because for home mm-hmm. rides, we really do need uh, a launch angle, you know, say between 20 and 40 degrees. Right. You look at the rate at which those regions of exit velocity, launch angle space are populated. Uh, they have not changed. If you compare 2015 with 2016, with 2017, they really haven't changed. And so uh, uh, what has changed, and this then brings me to the third point, is that for a for a given launch conditions, if you look in uh, in that red zone or look at barrels and ask, what is the probability that uh, once a bat a, once a batted ball is hit in that region it will go for a home run. that has increased, suggesting that the reason for the surge in home runs is not due to how that two-dimensional space is populated, but what happens after the ball leaves the bat So, no, so, so
1: just as many guys are hitting the, in across the distribution of batted balls year to year just the same number of guys are are, are going. In that red zone, that 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 hot zone of where it's most likely to be a home run,
2: right? The, the,
1: but that the, zone the, is different. Um, so is that zone thing different, you're different saying, or different? Yeah. Results. So it's like so the red zone is kind of
2: closer. <laughs> so, it if, look, so let me let me. Do you actually have the report in front of you? Yes, I do. Okay. I want you to go to page twenty-eight. All right. All right. Table two. So all the data from 2011 through 2015 come from partial TrackMan data that we managed to get from the, from several major. Oh
1: yeah, teams. you've uh, snaked some of the teams. Yeah, it's not all not covered.
2: Compl- coverage grows
1: every year. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So
2: concentrate on concentrate on everything beginning with 2015A. So the column called P zone is the uh, is the number of balls hit in the red zone uh, uh, the the rate at which balls are hit in the red zone? So, number of balls in the red zone divided by the total right. number. So, that's
1: yeah. so that basically saying the exit velocity and the w- launch angle. Right. Those two and,
2: factors put it into the zone. Exactly. So that's and a look strange at, looking dot. Yeah. So, <laughs> 2015 BC, about 2016, 2000, that number hasn't changed. It's yeah, the same. And, and it's, it's, it's depressed for 2015A only because we use the StatCast data rather than the HitFX data. Having right. we used the HitFX data it would be also be about the same.
1: So, yeah, the key here is that we are underestimating exit velocity, to the best of our knowledge, right. using StatCast pre-All-Star break 2015. Right. And that likely has affected the partial data also prior to that. I would assume the same algorithm changes and yeah. new hardware, you know, stuff like that. Different generations of hardware.
2: And now look at the rightmost column. So this is the the number of home runs uh, per ball hit in the red zone. So right. it has to do with how the ball carries, and you see that that is steadily increased uh, th- th- throughout. Quite, the- quite a lot, <laughs> and that and so so that that is what led us in the direction of suspecting. The aerodynamic properties of the ball, but that that it, the story doesn't end there.
1: So so far we've we've basically um, eliminated to a degree. Nothing's can be really fully you know charged or discharged in the, in these types of research. But you basically said okay, it's not the ball's not bouncier to a significant extent. That would explain to to an extent that would explain uh, the the changes we've seen in the ball flight and home run rates. Then there's not the other, the second theory was more about player driven, which some people combine with the first, they know the ball's juice. So they're selling out and swinging harder to take advantage of that and make more home runs, which is a possible thing still with what you're going to get to. But that idea that players have changed their approach, there's not evidence to suggest that a change in player approach occurred and league-wide, had an impact. Though, right? League-wide, well, of course. League-wide. league-wide.
2: Yeah. I, 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 but the,
1: but, so under any normal – I think what that means is under any normal year in baseball, the players who change their swing, their, their attack on the ball at the plate. Right. The guys who were happen to be choosing to lift the ball more may not have been more numerous than they have had in the past. They're just having more success as a result of choosing that strategy because of some aeronautic dynamic conditions of the ball.
2: Uh, Yeah, Uh, that's, that's, yes, for sure. So that you might call a secondary effect. Um, They they notice the balls carry more and therefore it's more advantageous to loft it more. Yeah, but okay, but let me, let me go on with the story because this is, we learned this actually fairly early on, but it pointed us in the direction of what we wanted to do next which was, all right, if it really is true that the aerodynamic properties have changed, we ought to be able to investigate that in the laboratory. So that's what we did. We, uh, we using this these various, uh, I don't remember the exact number of balls that's in the report, uh, that we, that we uh, uh, had, we, uh, at Washington State University, and this is largely, The work of Lloyd, not largely, this is the work of Lloyd Smith and his his team of people of Washington state. Uh, uh, He and he has a very good track record on all kinds of baseball and sports related measurements. So this is the sports science laboratory at Washington state. Um, uh, He measured he has a technique for measuring the drag coefficient and he measured it. And uh, he for this collection of baseballs from different years and found that there is a small there there is a there is a distribution of drag coefficients for any given year. Uh, But you can determine the mean value and that mean value has shifted downward a little. A lower drag coefficient means the ball carries more.
1: Okay, so drag is for our non-physics students in the, in the class, what, what does drag mean?
2: Okay, so when Thank the you. ball travels through the air, uh, it has to basically push the air out of the way, and that slows the ball down. So, uh, it's and it's a big effect, it's an enormous effect. So a ball, you know, the, your typical 400-foot home run would be a 700-foot home run if there weren't any air drag. It's an enormous effect. And the the air drag depends on the density of the air, which depends on things like the temperature and the elevation. You know, the thinner air in Denver is why there are so many more home runs there. Ball travels further. There's just less air that the ball has to push out of the way. Um, So uh, uh, there is a property of the ball, which is called the drag coefficient. And it has to, you know, it, it has to do with the shape of the ball. It has to do with the surface properties of the ball, how rough the surface is, the height of the seams, Um, and it may depend on other things, uh, and I'll get to that in a second. But so this, we we focused in on the drag coefficient as being the the important parameter to try to measure, so we measured that in the laboratory and showed that there indeed was a small little shift uh, that goes exactly in the right direction. With exactly well, you know, to the best that we can calculate things and estimate things, uh, uh, it, not only in the right direction but the right amount by which you would need to be able to account for the change in home runs.
1: So, uh, by measuring the change in drag, you could predict the change in home runs, right? In effect, backwards. Uh, I mean, well, that, yeah. plus, mm-hmm.
2: that plus that plus that plus a bit of physics and a bit of statistical analysis. Yeah, you need. You need. Yeah, right. you could. You could do that, um, but
1: now the but the, this is something that's mentioned in the report. Actually, I'm glad because the drag very baseball is a little different because every game the ball gets delivered to the umpires' room in a, in a you know in a bucket or a case or whatever, and they take them out of the case and they rub them down with mud.
3: Right.
1: So they can really uh, that's just so. Is there a variance thing here where? You know, the yeah. range of, of, of outcomes is wide, yeah, you know, which makes it more difficult to study this stuff, I imagine. That's more well, variance.
2: So, 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 uh, so if you've read this, depending on how carefully you read this, uh, uh, we tried to get all the important points in the findings so you don't have to read a whole lot. But you do have to kind of think about it as you're reading. Um, suppose you take a collection of baseballs from 2016. Uh-huh. And you measure, let's take, you know, two dozen baseballs or whatever, I don't remember exactly how many we had, measure their drag coefficient. The important number that we're trying to obtain is the mean value of that drag coefficient, and we want to compare it with, say, 2017. So you do the same thing with 2017, and there is a small shift in the mean value. However, not only is there a small shift in the mean value, For any given year, the distribution of those drag coefficient values is actually fairly big compared with that small shift in the mean value. Okay, ball, not all balls are alike, Uh, or at least not the balls, you know, the balls that are used in games are not all alike. Now you hit on one thing that might be, uh, that might explain things, Although we don't know yet, which is the mudding of the ball. So the balls are taken out of their how, wherever they're stored, and they're rubbed down with uh, with a Delaware River or whatever it is mud mm-hmm, yeah and, uh, uh, and apparently the, you know, specially chosen like well and, and this is is up to each club to do this, and there's no standard procedure for doing it. And uh, the question is, and we don't know the answer to this question is a this lot. Is, this of- is not something well regulated, say, like, I don't know, inflation of footballs. But go on. <laughs> go on. To pick an example. Right. <laughs> right, to pick an example. Uh, right. It's it's not regulated. Uh, look, there's a, one. We actually discovered a lot of things that are there are several things that are not regulated that ought to be regulated. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but this is one thing that's not regulated and maybe ought to be regulated. Uh, now, one thing you you may or may not know is that in the baseball that's used in Japan is a little bit different. At least in one of the Japan, it's got is it, they don't have to mud the ball in Japan because they have managed to create some tacky surface tacky. on the leather of the ball that obviates the need for rubbing it with mud. You know, you're rubbing it with mud to to make it a little bit more rough so you can get a better grip on the ball. Yeah, tacky feeling. Kind of. is it? So so MLB actually, it's my understanding, experimented during spring training this year with using that type of ball with the idea that they may actually switch to it at some point. Now, I don't know any results of this, but uh, it's something to keep an eye on. And if that's the case, it will be interesting to know whether that makes things more uniform. But however, let me point out, though, that Uh, For any given year, we had two sets of baseballs that we looked at. We had the authentication balls, which had been used in games and were mudded. okay, And we had new baseballs untouched by human hands that were not mudded. And we saw really no. If you look at the variance or the variation of drag coefficients among those two different sets of balls from the same year, they really weren't all that different. Okay, so. You know, we don't, that, yeah, that yeah. to me suggests that maybe that's not what the issue is. But yeah. you know. there's one more thing that we did that I thought was pretty clever that I do want to tell you about is that we had, you know, StatCast gives you more than just exit velocity, launch angle. It We actually have the full trajectories of pitched and batted balls. Mm-hmm. And you could use those to actually extract. Drag-over. So that's another thing that we did. And we found that was completely consistent with what we found in the lab. That is a slow, you know, a decrease in the drag coefficient between, you know, from 2015 to 2016, 2017. So it all, it all hung together quite well. All, all those different facets of the same thing hung together quite well. Which brings me to my next point. All right. So we have... We have uh, lots and lots of baseballs, some of which have, you know, because they're they're on the high end of drag coefficient you know, this, let's say for the sake of argument, uh, which is actually the, the case. We have a dozen baseballs that had uh, that were among the highest drag coefficient. We have another dozen baseballs that are among the smallest drag coefficient. And you look at these two balls and you ask. Other than this drag coefficient that we just measured, what is different about these baseballs? And the answer is, we don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, seam height, surface, right, right. So, no, you, you raise good points. So let me tell you about the things that we have looked at that would affect the drag. We have looked at the weight of the balls. We rule that out. We look at the size of the balls. We've ruled that out. We looked at the seam height and we have ruled that out. There's a little bit of variation from one ball to another. There's hardly any change in the seam height at all. And whatever small little change there might be is nowhere near enough to be able to explain uh, the change in drag coefficient that we actually see. So we've ruled that out. So then we then we're uh, by and by the way, keep in mind, keep in mind that. Uh, drag coefficient or drag properties of the baseball, that's not one of the things that Rawlings or MLB has ever worried about before. It's, it's, it, you know, you look at the list of specifications for the ball. That's not among them. Okay. So that's kind of like, that's weird to me. Cause, uh,
1: cause like I understand like there's like, there's, there's two properties that we need to consider. There's more, I mean, but roughly in my mind, there's the collision. How much oh, yeah. energy gets goes to the ball? So, quality of the collision, and also the also the structure of the ball itself, and how. You know. But how the ball punches a hole in the air is sounds really. If the game is to you know the ball it flies, <laughs> it's not. That's yeah, yeah. the whole so, game is the ball's. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that but, this no. game, which all fundamental basis ever since overhand pitching was allowed,
2: right, is how it punches a hole in the air. <laughs> that's a good. One. I like that description. Punching a hole in the air it comes from cycling. Oh, okay. Pro-
1: professional yeah. cyclists. That's what they. That's what they. They say about they you're, say. you're punching a hole okay. in the air.
2: So, so that, I mean, look, you raise a good point. Uh, but you know, quite frankly, no one ever told MLB or Rawlings that this is something they need to worry about. So this has not
0: been tested, like in, throughout history, like a, uh, a ball history.
2: Okay, so um, there's a backstory here, <laughs> uh, as there always is. It, this is something that I've looked into, uh, it, you know, way back at one of the PitchFX uh, pitch summits way back, I don't know if it was, I think it was 2011. Um, I, and I won't go into all the details, but uh, w- one of the things that I... Learn and you you could just look at pitch fx data you just grab any quantity of pitch fx data and you can do a similar kind of analysis uh you just you could use the pitch fx data this is what rob Arthur did when he yeah. his articles about this uh and and get a drag coefficient okay now when you do that and, you know, place whatever restrictions you want, like only fastballs, only 90 to 92, miles, you know, you may play, whatever restrictions you want to place, just place those because there's gobs and gobs of data and look at the distribution of drag coefficients and you will see that it's not constant. It, there is a distribution now, but then, then you have to do a little bit of hard work. Some of that, when you use something like pitch FX, is due simply to measurement uncertainty. You know, you, you, you the, the cameras have a certain precision. Uh, that, you know, the, the cameras measure position you, uh, from which you can get a velocity, from which you get, get an acceleration. And it's the acceleration is what you need to get the drag coefficient, you know, because the ball is slowing down. And uh, each of those things is progressively more, progressively less precise, you know, a certain imprecision in the, in this position gives you a bigger uh, uh, uncertainty in the velocity and an even bigger uncertainty acceleration. So there is certainly some measurement uncertainty that gives rise to this. But if you go through and and go through some shenanigans, which, you know, this is the sort of thing that I like to do, you really do discover that there is some leftover variance in the drag coefficient that's not attributable to measurement uncertainty. Right. And And I've known that myself since 2011. But, you know, and I've written articles about it, even if you go back and look. But no one pays attention to it. And I never really bothered anyone about it. Uh, uh, So the bottom line is, yeah, Rawlings never gave this any thought. MLB never gave this any thought. It, re- it really is true. So, if nothing else, we have, and this is one of our recommendations, really, uh, we have heightened the awareness that this is an important thing, and we ought to be now be coming up with ways that Rawlings, as part of their standard procedure, the same way they measure the COR. So, you know, so let me
1: write this down. How the ball flies through the air is an important factor, and how the ball flies through the air. Okay. That's that's good. To me, this is a great... I'm, no, no don't, don't be too hard on Rawlings. I know, can't help it. I'm shocked that nobody ever studied this at the manufacturing level. Like, that's so strange. But I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, I think about because like golf ball manufacturers and these people are, are like, that. that's a whole business
2: around drag and... and right. Well, so creating let me, rough air and smooth air in the right golf, places golf's a very very good analogy the thing is about golf balls is that it's much much easier for golf balls to manufacture uniformly because you know it's a mold or something whereas there's a lot of handwork involved with, with making a baseball but so but but you know from golf that small little changes okay, rawlings makes golf balls that's the thing. It's the company. Uh, I guess they do. I don't their know. Own,
1: own, Spalding owns Rawlings. Oh, Rawlings. Right. There's actually been Rawlings branded uh, golf balls. I don't know if they're currently manufactured, but as recently as 2011 – they actually had, a, you know, what was designed to be using Pilata a very soft cover, designed right. to be a high. One if, you of,
2: want, okay. if, if you want to argue that maybe they should have known, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna.
1: arguing against siling of your engineering resources across your verticals in your company, man. That's all.
2: <laughs> Don't silo that's, your engineers because someone okay. in Rawlings okay. do this fair good. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, again, let me just remind you that that with golf balls, small little changes in the configuration of the dimples, like the depth or the the density of dimples or the shape of the dimples, you know, round versus hexagonal, whatever, they can have an enormous effect on the flight of the ball on the, on the carry, the drag of the ball. So when you, when you realize that about golf, uh, you can realize a small little imperfections in the ball and the baseball could also make a big difference. And that maybe is what's going on here. But we so look, so l- let me just tell you, we we looked and, and we, we talk about this in the report. But these are these are ongoing studies. And by the way, we finished our major part of our work at the end of December. But we've been spending all the time since going. Lloyd Smith has been doing one after another of studies of uh, possible reasons why th- that would uh that would make the drag on one ball higher than the drag on another ball. We have looked at the surface roughness of the ball. How smooth is the leather. We have looked at the centering of the pill inside of the ball. Wait, the centering so, of the pill, you're gonna to need to explain that. Okay. So the pill is the innermost part of the ball is this thing that looks like a small little super ball. Okay? And it is that's the starting point. So you you know the the, the pit in the construction of the ball, you, they mount the pill in the winding machine and they just wind it with uh, with wool. Now the winding machines are pretty good. Uh, we saw them in action. We, we we were not allowed to take pictures of them because that's the, that's the we could take pictures of everything other than the winding machines, which is highly proprietary. Okay, so but there's nothing. Oh, so you sure. can take pictures of the wine. Could you take pictures of the yarn? Oh, yeah.
1: We took pictures of the yarn. It's in the, you you just, so the yarn okay? I probably didn't look at all the pictures.
2: Yeah, I read the executive summary a few times. I just oh, got yeah. That's, well, no, look at, look at, <laughs> it's a whole section on our visit with right, lots, lots of pictures. I'll buy you uh, back. But th- there's uh, – g- given how this is made, there's no guarantee that these, that these pill – is at the precise center of the precise geometric center of the ball okay it's got it's got to be close it can't be too far off but if it's off by a little bit then when the ball is spinning it can actually wobble and that wobble can affect the drag so we actually looked into this okay but, so the center of the ball the very very uh, the, the the molten core of the ball yeah molten core right so
1: the, off center so it causes a wobble which would
2: which, change which could change the drag? Which, so, so would a wobbly ball have more probably, or less drag? Probably probably more drag. Okay. So so uh, you could, you could imagine a scenario which we can't confirm. Uh, we, we could barely measure this wobble. It was, it's very hard to do with the existing instrumentation. But the, you could imagine a scenario where where Rawlings improved their production process to the point that they are better able to center that pill, and therefore, there's less wobble and the drag goes down. All right, it's a hypothesis. Okay, it's it, and that's all it is.
0: Can I ask you a question say, that may be yeah. related to that? So, there's yeah. a picture in the report. Uh, let me see, page 43. It's got a picture of the pills, and yeah. it, it appears to be um, like two sections of a of a ball, kind of. However, they're manufactured, fixed together. Uh, is is it possible that like if, if one was maybe, if it was off center or like that could create the wobble or is it, would it be something like that or, um, more positioning?
2: Uh, Well, I, I, we were thinking more of positioning, but it also could be the case that, that, uh, that the, that it's positioned correctly, but that somehow the, the, that thing that looks like a sphere, the the pill, is not so spherical, and is a right. you know the mass of the pill is somehow distributed in some funny way. It could be that, but we, we really don't know. And it, it's you know t- to a big extent, you know once once we eliminated all the easy things like the seams and the height, the weight and the size, then we we were really scratching our heads trying to come up with other possible reasons. So there's one more reason, which is kind of cute, but, but again, we haven't been able to measure it carefully when the ball is spinning. And mostly we're talking about balls that are spinning here. When you take, if you take any object and you spin it fast enough, it'll actually deform. Okay. Uh, You know, uh, You can you could even try this. I mean, it depends on how rigid the ball is. But, you know, the ball is not a particularly rigid thing. Uh, So there was a supposition. There was the hypothesis that maybe that's what's going on. Uh, And um, but again, we haven't really been able to measure it. Uh, So, uh, you know, the bottom line is that we uh, we see a small decrease in the mean value of the drag coefficient. That the change that we see is sufficient to account for the home run change, but um, we're really not able to say with any confidence at all what property of the ball uh, is leading to uh, the 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 change in the drag. I mean, it's even it's in a sense it's even worse than what I'm saying. Not only can we not tell you what property of the ball leads to a change in the average of the mean value of the drag coefficient. We can't really even account for the variance within a given year uh, of the drag coefficient. So in many respects, uh, uh, we have failed. Okay. Uh, in, I mean, and I, it, it, it pains me to admit it, <laughs> but it is what it is. And, and, it, it it just goes to show. So, I, like I always have been saying, if there if there really if if this were an easy problem, we would have figured it out by now. So, whatever the problem is, it's whatever is leading to this distribution of drag coefficients, it's got to be something very very subtle, like light, for example, the small little subtle differences in in the. Uh, dimple configuration on the golf ball that give rise to really big effects.
0: So moving forward, like as you guys continue, I don't know if this committee is going to continue looking into this or whomever does, are there plans in place for that further research or are there, what limitations maybe exist currently that um, are are kind of standing in the way of, of success where you feel like maybe you haven't quite gotten there yet, but like, What's next? Yeah, we we're, we,
2: we we're at the moment we've moved on to other things, but we're going to get back to it. So uh, so Lloyd and I and Lloyd and I have worked together quite a bit in the past on, you know, academic type studies together. Um, and uh, maybe one or two of the other committee members, uh, Peko Hozo- Hozoi, I can't remember. She's a, a woman, uh aeronautical engineer at MIT. She was on the committee. She's interested in pursuing this. And then there's a guy by the name of Roger Blandford, who's a theoretical physicist from Stanford. And he, from a theoretical point of view, is, is interested in this. Um, so we're probably going to work together. And I'm thinking we're going to probably do this independent of MLB because uh, and treat it more or less as an academic type of research problem because it has certainly stirred the interest of Lloyd and me and the other and some of the others uh, to the point where we want to pursue this uh, quite independent of MLB because it's going to require some retooling of our uh, instrumentation. Uh, We might need to get Rawlings uh, to make us some special baseballs in order to test various hypotheses, things like that. So it's probably going to, it's probably going to continue uh uh and uh and i actually i actually do believe that we're going to figure this out i really do uh because it can't be it can't be that hard okay uh, <laughs> famous last words yeah. <laughs> it, it can't be why. that hard, <laughs> you, can't do that hard. But, you know uh i've said that before too yeah. but uh, but so it'll it'll continue, and uh, we'll learn what we learn. Um, we'll publish what we learn, and uh, if we learn something that's actually of use to MLB, uh, I'm sure we will be publishing it in you know maybe baseball perspectives, but uh, you know somewhere where that's accessible and it, you know and written in a style that's accessible to to ordinary folks.
0: And do you feel like you'll get MLB's cooperation on that, along with Rawlings?
2: I I do. I do. uh, Actually, Uh, the interest is still high. You know, we so one of the things, as I told you, that we have recommended that now is going to happen is that part of the standard procedure for Rawlings will be to measure uh, sample sample baseballs uh, and measure the drag coefficient. There was another thing I should point out. One of the things that occurred that very early on in our studies we realized is that the, about the coefficient of restitution, which is that it depends critically on the environment in which the baseball has been stored. Now, we know how they're stored when Rawlings has them, but then they're shipped to clubs and uh, uh, it's just the Wild West out there. I mean, different clubs are storing them in different ways. You know, this is the whole humidor thing, right? right. Yeah, and this I mean,
1: is so. When this recommendation came out in December, I, I mean, I was exasperated that nobody had studied the that they've had a ball They've been playing at Mile uh, High uh, yeah, for yeah. since yeah. I, 94, so like
2: 95, something like that. Nin, I think ninety five at four yeah. Uh, yeah. So now, at, at the very least, now the, the MLB clubs are required to send the MLB front office information about how their balls are being stored on a regular basis. And MLB will, I I think the idea is they want me to look at the data. (laughs) All right. Uh, So I have my work cut out for me. But I think the idea, though, is that uh, sometime during the season, MLB is going to come to a decision one way or the other, whether they're going to require that baseballs be stored in some fixed uh environmental uh um, it makes sense it, it it does make sense actually
1: i i at this point it seems like you have you have to it's almost irresponsible it's like okay we know and i we should point out that and you predicted just you know this and various other people different methods predicted that uh the arizona diamondbacks did go ahead and on their own volition apparently Started yes. using a humidor up out there, yeah. which is also a draw. Very dry
2: and high elevation place. Um, a little high elevation. Relatively, yes. Uh, it's yeah, it's, but it's mainly, dry. Mainly it's dry, and that's even even drier than it is in uh, in Denver. It's like a yeah. desert out there. Right, right. And um, the, so the returns, yeah, the early returns are that it's making a difference. But I, I, I've, I've promised myself I won't get involved with any analysis for another month or so.
1: Yeah, but it does look that way that, yep, that seems to be everything, even like the little cut down in the Brightfield fence in Anaheim, <laughs> the Otani line, uh, right. you know, there's more. Some things are quasi predictable and go as they are to be expected right. once you understand them. Okay, what else, what else you got? I think we that should be <laughs> it for now. Uh, think, I think we've covered the whole right. spectrum and what's happen- going to happen next. All right. Very good. All right. Take care.
0: Bye. Thanks again to Dr. Alan Nathan for coming on the show. Uh, We will be right back after a short little break here with Dan Brooks and Sean O'Rourke. What a drag it is getting old. All right, everyone. We are here with, friends of the show, Sean O'Rourke and Dan Brooks uh, from Brooks Baseball. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us.
3: Hi there.
4: Hey, sir. Good to be here.
0: Um, so, Dan, you were a member of the committee and uh, that put the report together. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and, and kind of some of the things that you did on the committee?
4: Sure. I mean, um, so the committee was, uh, you know, structured into various subgroups, some subgroups that were, um, I think doing more of the, uh, physical tests on the ball. Uh, I, that wasn't me, uh, you know, that there were other subgroups that were looking at, um, sort of more of, uh, you know, how the ball might've played differently. Um, and then there was, uh, um, there was also a, quite a bit of data that was provided, um, you know, by multiple sources. I think, uh, you know, one section of the report, report sort of details um, a bunch of data that was provided by the Rawlings QA um, uh, staff. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I did and some others did is, is look through that data to sort of assess, um, you know, what happened to the baseball.
0: And what, what was the nature of that data? Like, Is was it from, like, internal testing that they had done, or is it something that uh, MLB had instructed them to do? Was it, like, an internal QA for them, or...?
4: My understanding of the source of that data is that this is all done sort of standard of process at Rawlings. But I, I also think that's partially negotiated through MLB because they've had previous... Um, you know, questions, not, not questions about Rawlings, but questions about the construction of the ball. Again, I don't have the report in front of me. I think that this is detailed there, which is to say that I think it says, this is the QA data
1: provided by the Rawlings company, blah, 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 blah. Because it's normal that you, and this is one of the major things that they kind of pulled out of this, was that the testing that's going on at Rawlings, whether it was on their own or, you know, for, interim reporting to MLB or part of this specifically, it showed a greater level of precision than may have existed when MLB wrote the standard because the standard is so much wider. So I wonder if like this, the testing capabilities have improved over the past 25 or whatever years since the ball standard was written because it seems like their ability to quality control was better than what MLB even asked based on what I see in the report. So...
3: It's yeah, not surprising so it
1: interesting. That, it's prob- that it's mainly an internal process. It wasn't just driven by requests for stuff. It's just that's what they do. The one thing that's weird is they never tested drag.
4: Well, that so it's interesting, right? Like if you look at if you look at the data, um uh so first of all, I think it's 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 well within spec. Um of course, right. I think as Alan has said a number of times, and I think the report says. Um, the spec is large, you know what i 'm saying that's always
1: been that 's always been a flaw or a feature depending on how you look at the ability to change mm-hmm. the ball but th- I think the spec is basically what to me is like the spec is 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 a move. I, uh, spec it's
4: so right much- i think that I think that in some ways they sort of like um i 'm not saying baseball has done themselves a disservice because I think that they that clearly, they have controlled the ball better than uh, than than what is suggested by the statement. The ball is within spec because, and I think that's been sort of one of the themes in the sabermetric literature. You know, I, I don't know if this is sabermetrics; it's like the saber physics literature or something like that. Um, over memory. the last the saber physiometrics literature over the last year, right. <laughs> Is when 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 the game says things like you know the ball is within spec, um, they could really have said that the ball is much much better in in terms of precision than within spec. It's just that that's a harder thing to summarize, and uh, and I think no. From the standpoint of a um, an organization receiving a product that has put out specifications for that product, do
1: you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no it, you you tend to you tend to back off what you could fully claim. Like I like Sport Vision had what they would say publicly about how precise the strike zone was, but they would also tell you, you know, we're not making this claim in our product brochure. We're not making this claim, you know, it backed by you know, it's like, but we have done tests which have shown to be even better than that. It's like, so it's, I don't think it's that unusual, you know, probably in general for companies to say, no, we're really good at manufacturing stuff, even even better than you expect, because we're manufacturers, this is what we do. So, but I think the, the recommendation you, you and your uh, panel made was narrow it. <laughs> Because it's actually, the way I look at it was the, was Rawlings has actually done us a favor. Because if, if it had really been allowed to go, you know, just, hey, we're, go, we're within spec. With it, the variance that that could have allowed, even though there does seem to be a lot of variance in the ball, that it would have been worse. Like, the game would have been more uh, random. And, you know, de- some fly balls just die and some just go scooting out. I mean, so Rawlings has done a good job. I, mean, I think that's right, what I Right, yeah, learned. I mean... Except yeah, I think that for never you... testing the drag drag aspect of the ball, like to me that is just such a weird. It would take me some time to get over that.
4: Well, I, you know, I mean, I um. So I, again, I am uh, I am not a physicist, and I am certainly not a saber physicistist. Um, uh, but you know, um, I think that 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 idea not 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 that objects have drag certainly but uh this sort of concept of how it, uh how it could affect things and 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 you know measuring it and i mean
1: so the, the subtlety like of changes probably
4: yeah i feel like that's it's a relatively new you, you know what i mean like like it's easy to go back now and say um well well, gosh, um, maybe they should have done this. Yeah, which is what um, I'm
1: doing, because mostly because it's the easy
4: thing, which
1: is true. Well, <laughs> but, but
4: but it's 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 also the fact that it's it, it's it's new, sensi- right? It's, I think
1: what's happened is there's sensitivity and measurement of all these other things now, where you can you can see the difference. And it's, but also, I don't know, it just seems weird because the same company had like engineers in you know one facility making golf balls, and the way they test the aerodynamics of golf balls. You would think at some point, maybe like in the uh, at, you know at the water cooler, or somebody would have said, you know, whatever happened if you dimpled a baseball, you know, or something. You know, <laughs> it just there was no. It's just weird to me that for all these years of all this testing in a place that's done golf ball testing, that it's like, a, it's like more of a corporate culture thing to me than anything else. That these different entities, these different units, never cross-pollinated because now we don't have any information about this. You know, it's kind of. The good news is, though, we can deduce it from tracking data, past ten years. Yeah, it it
4: is it is interesting that that um that it, I mean it is an interesting point, right? That they never did it, um, you know, and I, it's hard to speculate as to why, except for nobody thought this would be interesting until now, you know, and now it sinks that you didn't have the data, you know. It's like mm-hmm. it's like one of one of the things that makes. You know, studying, I don't know, not that this is like global warming, but like, you know, uh, like it, it, it was uh, if you look at, um, you know, studies that happen to pull like ice core temperatures in in Greenland, you know, decades and decades and decades ago or something, you know, it's not that they that they didn't know, like, gosh, it would have been interesting if they had captured all these other features instead of just, you know, the few that had occurred to them. You know, it's so it's it's hard to go back and say, you know, man, they really should have been doing this all along. Um, but I I do think, you know, it it is it's tricky in that uh, I mean, people you know, put all sorts physical... sort of stuff in,
1: into wind tunnels. Just solving in a set. I mean, just there's yeah. they could have done it.
4: I, <laughs> so I'm I sure probably think, though, have
1: you know some thoughts on how projectiles yeah. are you know.
3: Well, I understand and appreciate that, you know, that, that there is sort of a time and money trade-off uh, to how much you test, how many lots you test. You know, th- that's why there's a whole field of, like, processing control engineering and, you know, manufacturing engineering and such. But what kind of, you know, I- I'm kind of on Harry's side with this because it's a ballistic object. You know, it's an object that... Um, you know, like Harry was saying with the USGA, the USGA has not just wind tunnels, right? Um, and maybe, maybe you know, maybe uh, Callaway doesn't have that, though I'm definitely sure they do. Uh, but they have wind tunnels and they also have other types of high speed impact cameras that they've been using for quite a while to characterize things. Uh, in addition to uh, drags, so like the center of gravity issue that's mentioned towards the end of the uh, the end of the report as a potential um, uh, cause, shall we say, of the drag issue? You know, I would have thought uh, that would be something that you know a a company that manufactures things that are meant to fly and be hit by something uh, would be tested and um, particularly, like, if they're trying to, you know, communicate back down to those those uh, those skilled workers in Suriaba that some of the committee uh, apparently had, had visited, you know, how do you get back to them to say, oh, yeah, wind it tighter or wind it looser or, you know, give it, like, slightly more slack on the 15th turn or whatever, that clearly, I mean, the committee, at least in the report, made it clear that they did see – you know some very diligent workers and very diligent managers who are staying on top of that kind of thing so i'm just kind of confused how you can get that kind of feedback i mean without- they just
1: probably looked at the collision and thought that was just like everything as long as the feel the ball the certain specific i mean it's it's weird like this is like a great like someone's good someone should go report this like you know, go to Rawlings and be like, okay, what's your history of, you know, why, of test selection? I mean, I don't know if they'll ever talk about it. It's practically trade secret. And right. we're kind of pointing a finger at them, going, what, 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 bad? Why did, you know, why did you not do that? Um, but, but and just I think it goes beyond curiosity. Just to clear up for a
4: second. Mm-hmm. For a second. I, I mean, they're, like, they just, they, in a lot of ways, have been way more open than I think, I, like I like uh you know this is the QA testing that they did and they're making it open and you know oh, the no. raw data I and mean, you this know. Is why
1: it's so weird cuz everything seems very diligent and there seems to be a lot of quality the details on the um the, the how the plant is managed how how things are managed in Torreaba and Costa Rica that that very like like this is they're very serious about making a good product. Like, extremely serious. But it, with, and with, and, and all the way through. So it just seems really strange that the aerodynamic, the actual aerodynamic, like, properties of this thing in flight were not studied, measured, monitored. Like, that's just really, like, strange. Surpri- I'm just really surprised, and maybe there's a really good reason. That, uh, the one thing, some- is, the, the <laughs> one thing there is though, which
4: is which is um which is interesting, I think, is um you know I I you know I don't think this is a secret, right? Uh, um you know <laughs> although know. the committee sort of identifies drag as a prime culprit in this. Um, there's a tremendous amount of physical testing described that doesn't nail down a single parameter uh you know a single physical parameter as sort of like the obvious culprit. You know what I mean? It's like uh, you know if you if you you know uh, wind this a little tighter or you know make this a little larger. No, right, yeah. There's but
1: you there are I mean, you don't need bit. to detect. The uh, root cause, so much as cut you know, you're not going to go through that level of analysis unless you know there's something anomalous. So you're not going to know if the fifteenth wine should be tighter.
0: But it seems like the it, the Alan was, um, you know, speaking to a little bit earlier that that there are you know that's kind of the next phase would be kind of stepping into some of that research and trying to figure out some of those things like specifically what is what is the cause and specifically of these you know 10 different potential things that affect the drag what is it what is it specifically and uh, and how does that happen that seems, that seems oh, to be you know, like the Whitman next step
1: designs and test design, right. you know? Yeah. i yeah, to stomp under there. I, I promise I wouldn't interrupt, but I did it. <laughs> Damn it. But, uh, but there, that's a big thing Alan mentioned at the end of the chat we just had with him, which is that, you know, we got to go back fully independently, more academically. You know, us with, you know, involved with MLB. Hope we get the same cooperation. But the thing that really caught my ear was like they, they have things they have to the design. Like there's lab to create the lab for some of these experiments right so it's really cool i mean so yeah i'm kind of surprised it's never been done but i think out of this whole you know escapade of the home run boom uh, into that happened at in 2015 we're it's going to be technological advancements so or learning things about the game that we didn't really and we're thinking about the game in a really kind of way that we haven't really thought about too much but a lot of the thinking was wrong <laughs> It's not the launch angle revolution. It's the... Uh, yeah. The drag... dragged, dragged. I, don't, I, I was going to say decay, but that's like... There's a specific thing about decay and drag. So I, anyways, I don't have a phrase for it yet. I'll come up with it. I'll just interrupt when I come up with it. Perfect.
4: Um, uh. I, I do not have the key, cool uh, phrase. Nothing nearly so cool as Saber Um, But... That's uh, going to stick. But, I feel sure about that. yes oh yeah but that is that's gonna be the next big thing uh alan is like the bill james of sabre physometrics if only it would fit on his business card um uh no i i mean i i think that um that uh, it, it's interesting that all of this happened right around the same time that Statcast and um and and tracking has sort of become more mainstream and widespread in the sense that without these technologies, even identifying drag would have been hard. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, and in that sense, you know, um, you know, even though, uh, even though StatCast and, 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 and PitchFX and, and these tracking technologies, Give us sort of these deep insights about about how the game of baseball is played, just like at the player level. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's it's a big win for them that they sort of revealed something interesting and fundamental about about like the basic uh, particulate is the wrong word, but you know, sort of like particulate stuff of baseball. You know what I mean? Like some some tiny little. Well, they talk about trying to worry about
1: like, Yeah, there's baseball, there's inside baseball, and there's inside the baseball. Now we're at that, like, it's like, we've gone, like, totally, it's like the the incredible journey. Like, we're talking about the pill inside the ball, and it being off-center, or not perfectly distributed, or being disturbed by impact, causing a wobble, if, I mean, like what? You know, right. I mean, when I was a kid, it was Steve Carlton. How do you throw your slider? You hold it like this and you yeah. throw the shit out of it. Well, God, hold pretty far from that now <laughs> to the point yeah. where you know, like people going, if your finger, uh, if you keep the pad of your index finger on the ball inside the seam, uh, but make sure it's exactly perpendicular to the spin axis you're trampling through your And if that's the last contact point and your arm angle is anywhere between 78 and 82 degrees. Yeah, these things are. This is crazy, but it's pretty cool. Um, but we're not done. Yeah, it
4: is very there's, through there's, the looking glass a... as far as the kind of 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 answers that you get about the game. Um, and you know, I, I think the other thing that's that's is it. it it's not easy to find this. Dra- like I think one of the things that that the report speaks to. Um, it's, it's not easy to go out and measure this drag change in a small sample of balls. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it takes a lot. Like, um, one of the things that the tracking data has done, and, you know, this has been public domain for some time, right, uh, work that Alan and Rob and, and others have done. Um, uh, you know, uh, the tracking data gives you this sort of, not that it's a controlled laboratory environment, but it does have you know thousands and thousands and thousands of replicates because if there's one thing happening all, all summer long, it's people throwing and hitting baseballs. It's you know? like 700,000
1: um, big league pitches a year or something like that that we get.
4: I feel like you would know that number more precisely than almost
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: It's like 40. It's like a full slate of games. It's, it's 300 pitches per, per game is a good estimate on average, like 4,500 pitches a day. So, yeah, that's 750, 760. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a tremendous amount. And we've had it now for 10, 11 years. We have the redundancy of the PitchFX and TrackMan for a couple of years, which which ended up being crucial in this.
3: Yeah.
1: Right. Multiple sensors, baby.
4: It's funny how... It's funny how so many random things that happened. I mean, I I think this is, it's like this in in sort of any interesting natural history study, but this, this, you know, uh, and, and there was a ton of actual experimentation here, but, you know, part of this is sort of a natural history experiment where you're sort of looking at trends in a thing over time that you're not directly controlling. And it's funny how there was just coincidentally some, really useful changes, right? Like the debut of the track band system across MLB parks and things like that that gave you a much more complete view of hit trajectory just happened to occur like right around the time where this transition was occurring, perhaps.
1: It and kind of both good had sort of system-level
4: redundancy.
1: But it, it muddied the waters because someone the first perceived changes sent us down the garden path because it wasn't the coefficient of restitution it was that was it was mismeasurement
3: well and it was also not for example uh i mean because of the coefficient of restitution it wasn't also some kind of revolution in in hitting or um uh, per se while that might be happening now that was something that struck me quite quite a bit from the uh from the report that the that the incidental thing it showed really was that any changes in launch angle in uh, Home Run or X Velocity only happened in 2017. <laughs> it was only last year. And so a lot of the narratives that came out of various places that were immediately attributing it to, well, everyone just magically, magically kind of figured it out through. I think someone uh, at one point told me, what was it, the cascade effect, that suddenly the critical mass of people heard the magic words launch angle and thus they knew. And it all happened that weekend in July in 2015. <laughs> and I, I, you know, when I got that, I had to kind of sit back and go, "What?" And you know, like 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 you had said, it'd been bothering you. It bothered me. I'm like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." But now we have kind of ancillary to this, in, in
1: you know, yeah, I mean, in the that fall. has had us can be confused since you know the saber sum on our presentation in 2016. You know, just that, what. You know, there's this is so, this is so we what's really weird is like you know Alan, if you know at the end of the art of conversation with him, he said the committee effectively failed because they did not identify the cause. But I I don't know. I mean, I think they eliminated a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clarified a few myths, and I, I mean, and it's going to lead to some innovation. It looks like in terms of testing of baseballs, All right? And drag of you know, sports spheres in general. So that's, you know, cool. That's pretty, and you got a really good podcast with Alan out of it.
3: So,
4: you know, the committee succeeded from that perspective. I mean,
1: in the end, it's all that matters is how stolen science does. Um, Right. I mean, you know, if you, you know,
4: you, you got to look at the world selfishly, right? No, I mean, I like, I think one of the problems with even the preceding conversation here was this idea that, you know, the, like it either has to be the launch angle thing or the drag or, you know, like th- there's this idea that it's like like one 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 of these things has to be true but you know all of them could be true right you know so like maybe the launch angle thing is happening a little bit not a lot but you know what i'm saying or like maybe that you know what i'm saying like like maybe maybe there's maybe there's a a component of it that's
1: that's like still you know i think what it was is that that these that the hitter that every year there's we just said this with alan is that every year there's a hitters change their strategies and Guys coming out of the league, uh, you know, in and out of the league, and guys, you know, so you have that, but you also have players just doing mechanical changes to their swings, and some are going flatter, some trying to stay, you know, to stay in the zone longer, some are going a little more steep to lift the ball. Like, there's depending on what you know what they're doing, right. and the fact that that some guys, no more or less than usual, were doing more or trying to lift the ball more, was only notable because it just happened to be a successful strategy because the ball happened to be more likely to carry further than it had before. So it was kind of like a dumb luck thing. So there wasn't a launch angle revolution. There was a launch angle, you know, it's serendipitous for the guys who benefited from it. Coincidence. (laughs) Coincidence. The launch angle it's not, coincidence. Sir, it's, it's coincidence, yeah. The launch angle
4: coincidence. That would be the... Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's so, not, no longer the launch bottom, angle revolution. 15 years ago, it was
4: amazing. <sighs> yeah, that's right. Really no, but, like, you know,
1: like, it, it is
4: this weird thing, right? Where it's like... yeah, But, like, there's, I don't, there's a lot of that in here. But, you know, it's like <laughs> you uh, you you put on a blind soul randomly walk, you walk off the cliff. It's just... Uh, at the bottom of that cliff happened to be a big pile of money that you landed into, you yeah. know, and it, you know, like there's, 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 there's some amount of that here, right. It's like, it's like the reason this became a, you know, one of the reasons this maybe became a better strategy is just because of this really subtle shift. Um, you know, uh, uh, and I think that makes sense to some degree I think that, it does. you know, yeah. maybe it wasn't, you know, it, you know, but, but I do think that, that trying to 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 assign it to one root cause is hard because you know it's a it's a competitive game and it's like sort of a living system now that now you know not that this wasn't known in the sense that you know i think pitchers i mean gosh uh there's been tweets i think justin verlander tweeted plots and R um right i mean like
0: still have a standing invitation for him to come on the show
1: um, well, you, you know, if you physics, psychophysic metro saber metro pitcher,
4: if you put the invitation into the GG plot two patch notes, uh, um, I think <laughs> that may <laughs>
0: we'll work. on yeah, that. that. that's, that's I'll submit a PR. That's
4: definitely the way to get it. <laughs> you know, but like, so that it's not like it's not like this isn't well known throughout the game that that maybe something changed and pitchers are going to adjust and and um and batters are going to adjust and they're you know like this is going to get folded back into the strategy that both players and teams use when doing you know on field right. I, I the all
1: they want to know is that that it changed and it's under control because i think that i think it was brandon mccarthy who was basically i don't care if the ball is you know right flying further or not I just want an honest answer about it. I just want to know because you know they, everybody's everybody in the league is going to be playing with the same ball. That's fine. We're all going to give up more home runs. It's okay. Sucks to be us. We have to figure it out. So that's okay. So I think that's probably the thing where it's like, hey, you know what? That is you change the conditions on me. But I think what's important to note here is that it's kind of happened gradually and maybe a little some what some of it more recently but this is not something there, there there isn't anything like we're off to the edge of the manufacturing standard here though they're, they're they're close to the target it's close to the middle it's they're doing fine now there's an attribute that is has you know needs more understanding but oh. there's really no like i can't incompetence or neg- negligence or anything it's just like you know, this is just the way they've done the ball for a long time. Something's different. We need to understand it better. The fact that the players have adjusted to it, that's normal. It's kind of cool.
4: Right.
1: You're right. We can't exaggerate and say that. It's because of this groupthink thing. <laughs> Everybody critical right. mass like a hive. MLBPA right. MLB hive.
3: Huh. Dan, if I may ask something about, um, you said, you know, and, and I think Alan said this too, there's investigations going forward. Um, is there a plan or, you know, could is it possible for you, for you to speak to a plan of, you know, maybe interviewing players and their experiences? For example, um, I know that there were a lot of reports in the last year or so about balls basically deforming into, you know, something that would resemble an ice cream cone left out in the sun. Uh, And, you know, maybe the first thing that came to me when I saw, you know, the the stuff in the report about, you know, the yarn or the center of gravity and how the pill was centered or not, you know, made me think of, oh, wow, you know, if this thing is shifting through the yarn, it's just going to, and it's, you know, going at a high spin rate and it's been whacked to whack the bejesus out of. Well, of course the thing's going to shift and look really ugly. So is there any plan uh, going forward to maybe try to talk to players uh, about, you know, what their physical experiences are in relation to what this report uh, has provided?
4: Um, so I can say a few things about that um, uh, and I, only speculation on my part, um, you know. So, uh, so the first is, I think, well, there's, I think there's a couple questions there. Um, One is sort of about talking to players. Um, And I think, um, you know, I think that's going to be important going forward since, you know, sure, all of us watch baseball or look at tracking data or whatever. But these are the people that handle these things on a daily basis, Um, you know, and so if something weird is happening, you know, clearly there should be some mechanism by which they can say, hey, this weird thing is happening. I'm not sure if it should be happening. Um, you know, um, I also think that one of the things the report details, um, you know, is a variety of suggestions, um, to MLB about, you know, uh, about, I think, maintaining the current QA testing that they're doing, potentially tightening the standard of that QA testing, um, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, potentially including new tests as, you know, Harry is suggesting. You know, gosh, we should be uh, control about the, testing uh, some of
1: these the aerodynamic control properties. Is a big one. Yeah, we shouldn't and, gloss over you know, that and, There could be cor issues if you're not storing the ball properly. That's one thing and, so we and, talked about. Like, it's not a systemic issue caused home runs, but it's an important finding for what we need to do.
4: And just generally, I think that the idea that um, that I think this is in some ways this lessens scrutiny and in some ways this heightens scrutiny it lessens scrutiny because like hey um mlb hired a um or, or compiled a a a um top flight group of of physicists you know lloyd and and allen and pecco and and the 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 group of people that that looked at the um the physical changes that happen here going forward. My guess is, is that those people or people like them will continue to be engaged. And of course I think they they have been in the sense that there's also a baseball testing center um, at UMass Lowell. Um, uh, Those, those folks came and spoke at Saber seminar um, I think maybe two or three years ago um, and detailed the fact that they do many of the physical measurements that you know, were done as part of this report, they do those routinely on MLB's behalf. Uh, I, like, I don't, I haven't heard the report of the ball melting in the sun. Um, uh, I feel like, I feel though that like, you know, one positive thing is, is, is I I think there's, there's pretty good attention to that kind of stuff going forward. Not the ball melting in the sun, but all the physical properties of the ball.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to get better. I think that's good And I think MLB's intention was to figure out what's going on. But yeah. Like I mean, they I, honestly you know, wanted to know what's happening. and Because they could look at the, you know, their statements have always left some room. And uh, I think they kind of understood that eventually they would find out more information. What's interesting is there's a lot more to go. And Alan did say that the, you know, he and, and Lloyd and others are doing to to continue work. So and I also, we, we talked about this with him as well. We did the expectation that there will be plenty of cooperation from, you know, wrongs MLB because they all seem interested in having this. It's good for them you know right like this basically shows that things are pretty good Something more needs to be understood because it de- it's definitely flying it definitely seems to be flying more but we don't know why so
4: i don't know what the next few months are going to bring and i am certainly not trying to you know insert random plugs for things like that um my understanding is that uh like uh um, your audience is is pretty heavily well supportive of Saver Seminar anyway, so I don't have to plug it here. Um, but, uh, um, you know, my understanding is that uh, at least Boyd and Alan and a few other members of the committee are going to be there this summer. We're hoping to get a panel together to answer questions both about what's in here and also about future, future research, future directions, what's being done now. Um, you know, so again, certainly not trying to sell anything um you know but uh i i think that can be that might also be a good venue to ask for an update like what have you been doing over the last couple of months since <laughs> this came out uh you know i think that'll be a really good opportunity to talk to people
0: i think one thing uh so i wanted to kind of maybe do some sort of recap or understand like a little bit of a so what or what have we learned and and so some of the things that i've taken from uh, our talk with Alan, and then with you, uh, Dan and Sean. So we kind of know that the ball is not "quote unquote" juiced, in as much as the coefficient of restitution um, is is kind of within the bounds of reason. And then, and then, secondly, the um, the so called launch angle revolution is now, I like the term launch angle coincidence. It's just kind of something that's not. League-wide, it's not really a thing, um, but we have learned that, that the drag is different and there's more to learn. Is there kind of from a broader perspective of how we understand baseball or the current state of the game and the different elements uh, and stories that we tell and other people tell, what effect is is this report going to have um, in your guys' opinion? So I can't I you know, it's hard
4: to predict the future out three minutes, let alone, you know, I mean, um, so I'm not sure exactly what effect uh, this is going to have. Uh, I do want to speak to one thing that you said there, and I am certainly not trying to be pedantic or correct you. Um,
0: Please do both of those.
4: So one of the words that you used there has sort of, you know, I've been sort of thinking about this for a while, and I think that um I think that uh, the word juiced when we talk about the ball um, it, on the one hand is a sort of evocative baseball term that is used to relate a thing that was familiar and performance enhancing to something else that's different and possibly performance enhancing much like the suffix gate gets appended to every kind of scandal now you know what I mean like, like totally. spy right? gate now, this right this is juice gate, you, man. this is it's
1: juice gate No, no. over no. Dan you Brooks know what I'm saying, on juice right? gate coming up
4: yeah, no, totally. You know dead. what I'm saying, right? Totally. Like,
1: like No, it's well that's like, it's what we've learned is it's not juiced. Like juice, like the technical thing I think was which the report is basically like, we think that's what people mean by like it's bouncier. And it, it wasn't. No, no, but no, also, but, but it but also provides some nefarious action. Yeah, time. right. So that's
4: the part that's that's the part that's really um, insidious, right? Because right. juiced implies some sort of nefariousness, right? It's not like guys got accidentally juiced. Like, they, you know, like, uh, laid down in the locker room, happened to lay on a needle four or five months in a row, and got juiced, you know? And, and, uh, you know, th-
1: we should not yeah. be lying around that's disgusting so no matter
0: what
4: oh, yeah. needed a, need, a, need a needle exchange or something no 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 but but you know what I'm saying that like juice implies some sort of nefariousness here mm. and um I don't think it me like I think that it's been sort of co-opted over the last however or long to, to be like oh different coefficient of restitution no I mean I think that the the important part of juiced is this, like nefarious, like um, you, you know, uh, I don't know, like uh, evil component to it, and it's conspiratorial, um, you know,
0: like
1: conspiratorial component. I, I will and, say, this, Major League Baseball did not help themselves with that by the way. Some of the like way they talked about it,
3: and it certainly didn't help that within the last you know, two or three years from when this started happening, there was in fact in the world of baseball that, you know, that the Japanese League did in fact have, you know, nefarious intent and the ball was changed at the direction of the commissioner. So like the the air was charged in way in a way with the willingness to believe.
1: Yeah, it wasn't out of left field well, out of left field. It was passive. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I just,
4: just I, my like my my personal preference here is, is 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 like look, I I in a lot of ways, you know, I I certainly don't blame anyone who thought that. But this isn't about this and is about I, no, I don't think I don't no,
1: think, no, no, is I, that but, really the tone I that I hope we're not sounding that way because we, I, we just want we, to understand. We,
4: no, Sometimes. no, 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 no. I, it's, I, I, no, no, no. I, uh, I, right. so no, no. I'm just saying I don't blame anybody. I don't. I blame is the wrong word. Just like juiced is the wrong word. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. You know. I, I just think that it might be time. I was to gonna say nobody retire the that term and uh, pick a new term that better like like we don't have to end every scandal in gate. You know, we don't have to attribute every change in performance due to some physical property change to juicing.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I Mm -hmm. mean, uh, this—that's well, this type of stuff is what we've been asking for in in part. So it's like if you want people to stop speculating about you juicing the ball, open up. So fine, yeah. Here we are. It took a long time. I, I, I think it ends that I agree, but like the kind of meta observation has been just what I said is that if you don't want people to speculate that you're juicing the ball, don't talk about it the way you've been talking about it, guy. Like there was just the way the language and the, oh no, it's all you know, the, the somewhat some a uh, somewhat dismissive attitude of some of the research, which actually seems to be have been quite you know pretty close, if not all like spot on in some cases. So there's some, you know, there, there's, there's, there's some, uh, there was no intent to juice the ball, but there wasn't a good job of handling the circumstances around it and being as candid about it as they could have been. So they may have a little bit of egg on their face now that they could have avoided. That's all. And I think this will diffuse the whole, they're juicing the ball. I think we're all we're all kind of like, I think there's never really a reason to believe that. Now this makes it, it demystifies it. There's no gap to fill with suspicion. There's, okay, right. there's gaps in the testing perhaps.
3: And I think
0: that's what I was trying to say is like we kind of have some, some things that M O B has now put their stamp on as well to say this is what we found. This is it it's not there's nothing that's making the ball jump off the bat such that it's affecting the home run rate is that fair to say
1: no cuz it's not how it's not the collision sure but it is the flight there's aerodynamic properties that seem to be different
0: right but that's a different thing right like no the in the end, it's the
1: same. Now, we've been we've been trying to explain it by like they're swinging up, they're hitting it harder, the ball is more bouncy. We that's that's been the attempt, What the study is showing is that it isn't any of those things to a significant extent. Maybe you know, the weight of the ball, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It comes down to you know, and the surface, the the drag at the surface may not be a change in the surface, maybe a change inside the ball, a whole wobble. Thing. Like, so this is, you know, and Dan, tell me as soon as I'm, like, totally wrong. I'm trying to just distill things I've only been learning about for just a, just a few hours now. Um, that the, the disturbance that's the ball might be inside the ball. It might be something that's causing the ball to behave a little bit differently in flight. That's causing it to, more often than not, fly a bit further than we might expect or hope a baseball to fly based on all the other conditions we have. So... They also found that the variation in storage potentially could cause a lot of problems in terms of how baseballs behave under different environments. So park effects and things like that, like, it may be confusing to interpret. And they do sure as heck seem to be difficult to interpret these days, um, that there could be something with that. So it, it's, it, it's, it's not the... The it's not any bouncier, but it is more flighty. It, it the
4: balls it, more flighty. Yeah. <laughs> was, like um, maybe that adjective is not the right
1: adjective, right? It's, like I uh, trying, you know, you in the back you, of my it, mind like, it, it all came, these different things, and I'm like, it's, it's really
3: dizzy. It's gonna fall over a you know a chair in the house, and you know spill its mm-hmm. water. Oh no! Yeah, well, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's
4: like It's constantly standing you I'm, up. It's. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. I keep telling you baseball three o'clock. You gotta be there.
4: Yeah. God, What are you doing? No, I mean, so just, but like, uh, like just going back real quick, I think that, that, that one of the things that happened here and I think it happened to everybody is that there was a big information vacuum. Right. And I think there was a tremendous amount of both public and, you know, uh, MLB supported and Rawlings supported work, trying to figure out, you know, what was going on here. Um, And, you know, I think, uh, unfortunately, that information vacuum just mm, was filled, I think, slower than people wanted. You know what I'm saying? It it took time. It just took time. I think that's all. It just took time to figure out, and I don't think I don't think there you know is I
1: don't think anybody's at the bottom of the rabbit hole yet I think it's still going no. yeah um, that's, no, that's definitely for sure I think like we've opened like more rabbit holes like this is really there, there's there's cool stuff coming I don't know how much will be beyond the aspirational level by Saber so I'm not trying to like unplug your Saber seminar thing by saying I don't think it'll be that much news in, the, in August but a year from you know I think by the end of 2019 we're going to have I I, th- I would expect we're gonna have a much greater understanding of the baseball. And All right, so here you're saying don't come. To I think coming out 2018. Is that the batches of 2022. baseball will be better make plans <laughs> and, and the for later to th- 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 be more consistency between you know and how they're stored. I think I think it will actually be better for the game. It just things will just be more consistent park to park, pitch to pitch hit to hit and that that that's good that's the biggest thing to me is not that the ball is flying further that there's a huge variation that the variation is so big and that's probably like hey if we can measure that and and tune that and even if it is flying further as long as there's a narrower like just you know tight really tighten that not just down to where rawlings already has it narrower than the mlb standard but go even further with the character because clearly despite the fact that it's impressive what they've done, it, I think they can do better. And as a baseball fan, i would love that. And as someone who has to measure what the ball has done in flight, tracking data, I would like that even more. That's that's Saber the Seminar s-
4: 2023. The same year about so that's the new stuff.
0: stuff. The ball. Yeah. You just start calling game. it the ball.
4: Oh. Mm. Yeah, Saber Saber it. Oh, yeah, Saber yeah, Seminar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to call it. Saber ball? Saber seminar of the ball, 2023.
0: Our shirt saber, is just going to be a picture of the ball. ball.
1: Just a picture of the cross ball.
0: Cross-section, something like that.
3: So what's your big takeaway, Sean? Uh, well, my big takeaway is that, uh, I mean, there's so much more research you could possibly do on this. I, I just got a crazy idea for, like, does the radar cross-section of the baseball change if, if it has a certain type of drag dynamic or not? But, you know... That's definitely saber Seminar twenty twenty three. But it's been, it's been nice. I think that that, you know, like you were saying, Harry, that that Major League Baseball kind of stepped up. Uh, I mean, it took a while, but it, it is nice to see that when, you know, the league really wants to, it can have you know get people who are really diligent and, you know meticulous with their analyses people like dan and and alan and everyone else on the committee to provide some really interesting you know research questions and answers and that's encouraging going forward
1: well that's a show
0: that's a show all right thanks so much dan and sean for coming on and um
1: thank
0: you yeah and uh, we'll uh, link up saber seminar and uh, definitely go it is a hoot
4: yeah, I think it'll be fun, but but I, I I do think I do think this will be a cool panel because um, you know I mean like oh okay. yeah uh, you know I mean you'll I, I like people will sell tickets. The, don't
1: worry, don't worry. We'll plug your jam. no, no, <laughs> I, no. I'm I'm serious.
4: You, like you'll get to ask ask cool questions. I think that's the best
1: thing about Saber Seminars that you actually get to go talk to the people. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's like yeah. literally the best part. Like you will find if you have a question you want to ask one of these presenters, you're you're you've got a really good chance of being on that like one on one, or maybe many on one, but you you'll have a chance to ask them directly in most cases. So yeah. there's the plug. Saber Summer twenty twenty three.
0: Cool. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Sean.
1: Alright, happy to do it. Uh, thanks, uh, boys.
2: Thanks.
0: The of a Thanks everybody. That was a super long show, but very interesting. I thought that uh it was great to learn a lot for me personally from uh both Alan and Dan and Sean, as usual. Definitely read the report and check it out. Uh we would love to hear your feedback on both the show and the report. And uh yeah. Harry, any we'll party, parting week, thoughts, parting uh, words?
1: Parting thoughts? No, man. I think I said it all. You left it all in the field. Yeah, I did. It's good. Um, next week we have... It's going to be another like back to week after week after week show. We're, we're, we're really hitting the, uh, hitting, the, hitting the work here. Uh, the next week we're going to have a bunch of fun stuff to talk about <laughs> You know that we actually planned originally to touch on today, but One thing that was not planned for today, but will be next week, is going to be our pre draft show. So, we're going to talk about some stuff around the draft. Coming up, yeah. Uh, I know Anthony Ruskin will be with us to talk about draft valuation and his tool that you can use online to look at that. Uh, But also, we have some fun stuff to talk about and strange things in baseball. Probably some more stuff on the expected stats and you definitely know some strange things that are happening in baseball and Shohei Ohtani. I think he would qualify as a strange thing happening in baseball. Yeah. And strange things happening in baseball and, and Ohtani because it's Ohtani. There's so many more things to talk about, but this was the big one. So thanks for bearing with the long show people.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sticking around. If you're hearing this, um, thanks. And, uh, follow us on Twitter. at stolen underscore signs rate. Review us on iTunes. And um we will talk to you next time. Goodbye baseball.